You grab the lowest branch and heave yourself skyward, clenching your toes around the coarse bark you peer purposefully across the landscape and gain new perspective on the world. Welcome to The Nature of Phenology, where we share the cycles and seasons of the outdoors. I'm your host, Hazel Stark. This spring was an especially cool and wet season, which meant that the phenology of a lot of the flowering plants I pay attention to were a week or more late. The black flies were even late this year in our area, though I found that they seemed to endeavor to make up for lost time. It hardly felt like summer was coming this year, until it arrived in the middle of June when I finally finished planting the rest of the young, leggy vegetable starts that had been crowding my sunny living space for too many months. In early July, however, I get a little nostalgic for that short moment of order that comes with a freshly planted garden. No weeds, young plants are perfectly organized and I remember where I put everything, and no garden pests. But in just a few short weeks, the garden tends to lose some of its order as weeds creep in, the weakest plants shrivel, and I just can't quite remember if I planted anything in that particular empty patch of soil. And to top it off, I begin to notice the unwanted efforts of a species that seems much more effective in controlling my garden, the Japanese beetle. At this point in the year, you may have already started to notice the handiwork of Japanese beetles. While they can be a nuisance, Japanese beetles might be tied with the electric blue six-spotted tiger beetle in a beauty contest of Maine beetles. At first glance, you might think there's a cluster of emeralds eating your bean plants. Japanese beetles are metallic green with copper-colored wing covers outlined in fuzzy white spots. Depending on the angle of the sun, these iridescent beetles appear to change colors before your very eyes. While they may be beautiful on the outside, they may seem to be less beautiful on the inside as they start to emerge from the soil as adults in June and July to feed on the leaves, flowers, and even fruit of around 300 different species of plants. They especially love to consume the beech or rugosa rose we have so much of along the coast, so I tend to notice them there first. Working in groups from the top to the bottom of plants in direct sun on warm days, These beetles focus their efforts on the leaf tissue between the veins, so they will often leave a plant looking like its leaves are made of lace, with only the leaf veins remaining to outline what once was. Japanese beetles can be a significant garden pest, and where you find one, you tend to find many, especially since groups of these beetles attract more of the species to that very spot. That fact is also why there is some evidence that Japanese beetle traps might actually attract more Japanese beetles to your area than they successfully trap. These beetles are not native here, as you might have guessed, though they arrived in the U.S. a little over a hundred years ago, when their larvae probably came hidden within some plant soil being shipped from Japan. The good news about these copious members of the Coleopteran order of insects, also known as the beetles, is they provide an ideal learning opportunity. What better way is there to get to know beetles and why they are taxonomically grouped that way than taking a close look at these colorful creatures? Within the Coleoptera order, Japanese beetles fall within the scarab family, where dung beetles, rhinoceros beetles, and more locally, june bugs also taxonomically reside. What makes a scarab beetle a scarab beetle? Probably the most important characteristic is that these beetles are built to burrow, so their front legs are well adapted for the job. They also have C-shaped larvae, which in the case of Japanese beetles overwinter underground in well-irrigated grassy areas like lawns, golf courses, and cemeteries. So the next time you're cursing the damage that these beautiful beetles are causing in your yard, you could creep out into your garden on a cool morning when they are still quite sluggish, knock some of them into a container of soapy water, and observe them up close to notice their beautiful colors, their strong front legs, and compare them with the other beetles in your area. 
You can download this episode and find a link to the transcript, references, contact information, photos, and information about how to subscribe to this show as a podcast by visiting archives.weru.org. Have a nature question that you want us to answer in our show? Simply reach out to us. Theme music was by a pileated woodpecker made available by the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. Thanks for listening, and please join us next week for another dive into the nature of phenology. (laughs) 